0: so why church hi my name's drew and i'm from andover baptist church and i'm a recovering smarty pants you know the telltale signs of people like me i kind of know it all perhaps you even have a smarty pants in your life or maybe you know you're one too and so you'll recognize what it looks like you take little bits of everything you want and use that to come across like you know everything but in all seriousness, being such a person cannot just hold us back in life, but in my case, I applied it to my faith journey, and so my ability to connect with God. Let me explain. With only a nominal Christian background, where lukewarm would be an exaggeration, it wasn't until my early 40s, through a serious illness, did I actually look for God. And he swept into my life. I sensed he was always there, But when I cried out to him, I really felt his presence. So I went to a local church in Andover, but not Andover Baptist Church, where one Sunday, the chap up front, the minister talked about how he felt most people go to church for community. Well, I disagreed with that. And after the service, I told him I wasn't there to make friends. I was there to hear and understand the word of God. To better understand what I was getting into with my faith i think he was quite bemused as i walked away indignantly as smarty pants do so being a christian smarty pants i simply didn't surround myself with other christians and went off in my own direction you know there's much out there that we can get into very easily there's a pick and mix version of theology there's there's new age progressive faith there's eastern influences and therefore it's so very easy when we're on our own to go off track. This means I move further off that narrow path that leads us to Jesus. In fact Jesus warned us about it in Matthew, the book of Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples, in chapter 7 as part of one of uh, the world's best ever sermons, where Jesus says, but small is the gate and narrow is the path that leads to life and only a few find it. So. On my own thinking I knew what was best for me I strayed and I wasn't growing as a Christian which meant old behaviours and that sinful life was still how I lived out my faith. Despite calling myself a Christian looking back I know now I was not a good example of a Jesus follower. Then several years later as my illness flared up again I cried out to God by his good providence I found another church, again, not Andover Baptist Church. At this stage, it was actually down in the South Coast. And every Sunday would mean a hundred mile round trip. But we went there because of how friendly the people were, how true they were to the word of God. And I wanted to get to know these people better. And I'm proud to say I made so many good connections and have friends for life from that experience. So this suggests we need the church. After all, right at the start of the Bible, in the very first book, Genesis, it is written that the Lord God said it is not good for the man to be alone. Alongside our partners, our family, our friends and our workmates, we need community. We need Christian community. It's how God built us, it seems to me. So where do we grow in our faith? Where do we learn more about it? about what God offers us, about the love of Jesus and the gifts God gives us through the Holy Spirit. It's the church, of course. We need to find a church where we feel at home, where we connect with other Christians, where we mature and grow in our faith. You know, it's okay to look around for a church that suits you. After all, in the book of Proverbs, in the Old Testament, it is written in Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So it's important we find the right people to connect with. You know, I've always liked that Proverbs uh, verse. It reminds us the company we keep is very important as we want to be sharpened in the right way and for God's glory. So wherever you are on your faith journey, remember the church is where we get to know God and go deeper in our faith where an entire community of Christians is there to help and nurture you. And who, in in return, are looking for this also from you? Because no one in the church is, of course, perfect. St Paul, an early follower of Jesus, says in his book of Ephesians, which was a letter to the church in Ephesus, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. There's much we should recognise in that passage, especially as men. But for this talk, let us recognise that Jesus loved and still loves today very much his church, which Andover Baptist Church is very much a part of. Since joining Andover Baptist Church some three or four years ago now, it has felt like home to me and my family, as it appears to us to not only be true to the word of God, but full of good, friendly and very likeable people, where we have made some wonderful connections now on Sundays, but also in small groups, which has allowed my faith personally to grow and has kept me on that narrow path I touched on earlier and with my eyes fixed firmly on Jesus. Thank you for listening to me today and because as a smarty pants in recovery, I can also be a little socially awkward. So please say hello the next time you see me. I'd love to make more connections and over. Now, if you are watching this and you'd like to know more, please visit the church website. There's a place on there which is called Next Steps. You can find what it's like to partner the church, to actually lead in the church, to explore faith and to connect. I hope this today has resonated with you to some extent and I look forward to seeing you in the church sometime soon and when it's safe to do so, of course. God bless.
1: I'm fascinated by people who have demonstrated incredible courage, probably because, if I'm honest with myself, far too many of my life choices have been too heavily influenced by fear. Perhaps you can relate. Maybe at some point in your life you were bullied at school and and that affected you and, and kind of rocked your confidence. Maybe you were injured in a horse riding accident and your brain remembers that and tells you you should never get on a horse again. Maybe someone rejected your romantic advances and now you're afraid of putting yourself out there with anyone else in case you get hurt again. We, we all have situations in life like that, that that shake us up a bit. Or maybe someone you know personally has suffered greatly for a cause and you're really wary to follow in their footsteps in case something similar happens to you. The repeated adversity that we all face in our lives has the potential to make us increasingly risk averse until we're no longer able to stand for what we believe in. You know, that happened to me earlier on in my adult life and the shame that resulted from a single decision not to stand up for something that I believed in when that moment arose, haunted me for many years afterwards. Fear is just one of many emotions that we possess, but sometimes it seems to jump right to the forefront of our minds. So how do we stop it taking center stage in our minds? You know, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the ability to decide our response to a perceived threat based on more than just our immediate feelings. Courage isn't a feeling. It's a choice to protect what we value most rather than simply protecting ourselves. But how do we change our response to fear so that we fight through fear to courage? Well, according to ex-Special Forces soldier Jason Fox, who you may know as one of the directing staff on the popular Channel 4 TV program, S.A.S. Who Dares Wins. According to Jason, overcoming fear begins with self-awareness. In his book, Life Under Fire, Jason writes about how accepting our emotions, understanding why we feel the way that we do, and resolving to respond in a way that is best going to solve the problem are the three basic rules of basic psychological admin. Allow me to explain how these three rules might be applied to the emotion of fear. The first rule of being self-aware regarding our fear is to accept it rather than try to fight it or deny it. It always amazes me how difficult people find it to admit that they are afraid. But overcoming fear is impossible unless we accept that we have a problem with it in the first place. The second rule to being self-aware regarding our fear is understanding fear as a natural and even helpful human emotion. You see, our body's fear response is a defense mechanism that pumps adrenaline into our system in order to heighten all of our senses so that we can more successfully fight off or evade danger and survive. Fear is an important and necessary part of that threat response. However, the third rule of self-awareness regarding our fear is like any feeling, we can resolve to learn to control our response to it. Just as we're able to stifle a laugh at an inappropriate moment, or hold back tears to a later time, so too can we learn to resolve how we will respond when we are afraid. And this is so important, because much of the shame that we experience in life is not the result of our feelings, but rather due to the way we reacted to them inappropriately in a specific situation we were facing. Let me give you a simple example. Soldiers. They may be heading in the same direction in retreat as they would if they were fleeing from battle, but that does not mean that those two responses to threat are the same. A tactical retreat is a decision based on the resolve not to engage in battle with an enemy sooner than would be optimal or necessary. It's a rational decision, not an emotional reaction. Fleeing from battle is totally different driven by fear for self-preservation rather than the resolve to do one's duty. And throughout history, cowardice and desertion have been condemned as deeply shameful responses to fear. So we do need to acknowledge and accept our feelings of fear. We need to understand them as normal and even helpful in the face of a threat. But then we need to resolve to work out the best course of action to take in a particular situation. So I'm grateful to Jason Fox for his wisdom But I also just want to be real about the fact that I don't think knowing the psychology of fear is always enough some people don't have as much resolve as others and that's not always their fault resolve can be worn down over time you know if you've experienced traumatic circumstances that left you with a constant sense of anxiety that clouds your thinking and overwhelms your decision making ability it is really tough to find the inner strength necessary to fight through fear to courage. Sometimes the most courageous thing that you can do is to admit that you need help. You see, to correctly apply Jason's wisdom, we also need to accept that fear can sometimes be crippling. We need to understand that one emotion can sometimes become so dominant that it clouds our thinking. And we need to resolve not to try and face our fears alone. And here's where courage comes into a new light. We've all been programmed to believe that courage is seen in heroic actions that reveal some inner strength within us. But I'd like to suggest that great courage is often seen in acknowledging our weaknesses and looking beyond our own abilities to solve problems that are just too overwhelming for us to face alone. You know, Christians believe that God is the source of all the power on display in the heavens and on the earth and the mind behind the laws of mathematics, physics, chemistry and biology. And Christians believe something even more staggering than this, that that God is with us empowering us, loving us, guiding us to do the right thing, even in the face of adversity. Writing from his prison cell in Rome, Paul, who was an apostle of Jesus, a messenger of Jesus to faraway places, he was arrested for preaching the Christian faith. And he wrote a final letter to Timothy, a young pastor that he'd been mentoring. Paul faced the possibility of execution in the near future so he wanted to pass on some last words of encouragement and advice to his protégé who faced the very daunting prospect of following in Paul's footsteps but unlike Paul Timothy was timid and for anybody that struggles with timidity or anxiety the advice that Paul gives to Timothy has the potential to be life-changing so what did Paul say well in a nutshell He says that the power to face and overcome your fears is available to you through the supernatural power of the almighty who equips you and is with you. You see, it's not all on you to find inner strength that you haven't found yet. Paul tells Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. And you see, in these two verses here lie the secret to a Christian's courage, whether you're naturally bold as a character or timid and anxious. The secret to fighting through fear to courage is to know who's in your corner and what they bring to the table. When Timothy was ordained by Paul and other experienced church leaders, when he was set apart for ministry, they placed their hands on him and they prayed for God to empower him for the tasks that he was being called to perform. And it's a good thing they did that because he wasn't naturally gifted for leadership. And it seems that God answered that prayer by giving Timothy a brand new ability that he had never had before. We're not sure exactly what this gift was, but Paul makes it clear that God's Holy Spirit gave Timothy a spiritual gift to equip him for leadership in the church. So God doesn't always call the qualified, but he always qualifies those that he has called. God made us just the way that we are. And he can add to that creation at any time, equipping us with extra abilities to do his will. The only question is, will we trust him and start using what he has given us to get the job done? But God doesn't just give us gifts and then send us on our way. He comes with us. Paul reminds Timothy that not only does God give Christians various spiritual gifts, but he also gives Christians the gift of his spirit. The promise that Jesus made to his disciples was that he would never leave them alone. Rather, he would always be present with them through the Holy Spirit of God who would come to live within each of them. In other words, God goes with us wherever he sends us. For a Christian, the secret of fighting through fear to courage is to go into battle with the confidence that comes from knowing God is with you. Whatever you lack, God can supply So who or what can stand against you if God is for you? Does that mean you won't ever suffer? No, Jesus suffered and he was completely faithful to the mission his heavenly father had for him. Suffering is not something to be ashamed of if you suffer for doing right. You see, in Jesus, we understand that if we are called to face suffering, God will be suffering with us for the sake of what's right. He is the comfort that we need in the midst of the storm. He is the companion in the middle of the fire that reminds us it's still worth fighting this battle because he's willing to suffer for what's right too. I want to ask you, what scares you the most right now? Admit your fears and accept that maybe you can't shake them. What circumstances do you feel ill-equipped to handle? Understand that maybe they are beyond your ability to manage and you may need help. What cause do you believe in but fear the cost of fighting for? Well, we all need to resolve to do the right thing, even if it hurts. But above all else, can I urge you to tap into the power and the love and the self-control that come from walking through life with God? He did not create you to be ruled by your fears, and neither has he left you to face them on your own. In Jesus, we see God modeling how we can fight through fear to courage. In the Garden of Gethsemane, we see him admitting his fear to his disciples. We see him understanding his circumstances are dire and suffering is inevitable. But we see him resolving to do the will of God come what may. But he didn't do any of this alone or just in his own power. He prayed and he connected with his heavenly father. He found strength in the presence of his heavenly father to overcome his fears. Jesus' example inspired Paul to endure hardship and suffering and Paul wrote from prison to inspire Timothy to keep fighting through fear to courage in the presence and the power of God. My prayer for you today is that they would inspire you to seek God too. And as you ask God to walk with you through this life, you would find Him in him all the strength and love and self-control that you need to fight through your greatest fears and discover the courage that God has given you as a gift. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us courage to do what is right. Give us the resolve to overcome the feelings that sometimes make us feel that we are powerless with the knowledge that you are so powerful that we don't have to be strong. And if you are with us, then none can stand against us. So Lord, please help us to accept that we are just human and that sometimes we will be afraid. Help us to understand that fear is not necessarily a bad thing as long as we resolve the way that we respond to it and father help us to respond to it appropriately through your presence and your power which you give so generously to all who call upon your name we ask that in Jesus precious name that the world might see examples of courage and faithfulness in the face of adversity and opposition amen